Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright, and uh, today I'm welcoming Father Tim Anastos. Father Tim Anastos is a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago and a chaplain at the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois, Chicago. He serves as a Eucharistic preacher for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and he's the host of a series of one-minute real homilies that appears on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And for all of those who are listening, I will include a link to his homilies on the episode notes below. Father Tim, great to have you here with us. How are you doing? Father, I am so good. It's great to see you. The last time I saw you was, I mean, several months ago. At the right, we were at the Enkindle Young Adult Conference here in Lansing, Michigan. Yes, it was very inspiring. So, yeah, it's great to be back, and it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Well, I was uh, wondering, first of all, if you're, how have you been? And uh, since since that um, conference, is there anything new in your life? Anything fun anecdote going on? <laughs> yeah, good question. Thank you. Um, I, it's been a, honestly, it's been a crazy week because right now this is finals week um, at University of Illinois Chicago. So right. uh, you can just you can in the air there's stress you can like see the stress oh. in the air like everyone is just is is struggling you know wanting to get through finals there's been you know a good amount of procrastination with students so they're just trying to get through but um what's so beautiful is that the newman center has been packed the chapel there's always students in there praying pleading with the a lord yeah right to get an a um so the lord the lord is showing up in their lives so that's exciting um and then this, that's good and then this past week, um, I was down for a Eucharist, Eucharistic um, mission in the Diocese of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, and so it was the diocese got together and did a Eucharistic revival for the diocese. Never been to Louisiana before. Um, but wow, Southern hospitality is, it's real. Like everyone. It's real. Oh, it is. Everyone was so friendly, so welcoming. Um maybe not as harsh as people in Chicago, but it was fun. And I ate more than I ever have in my whole life. Everyone, I mean, I was having meals all throughout the day. People just wanting to feed me and give me gumbo and boudin and like all of this Southern food, Louisiana food. But it was, it was wonderful. And the Lord absolutely showed up at the mission. Um, a lot of young people were there, which is really inspiring wow. to see. Yeah. Cool. So it's been a great couple of weeks. That's great. Now you're back, back to Chicago, and you needed the extra weight for the for the cold. Right, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I definitely have gained some pounds. Oh my gosh! Oh man. Good, good. Well, Father, we I I wanted to uh, welcome you here the uh, podcast for college uh, Catholics because there's many college students that listen to this, and I always try to inspire them with some uh, example, great example of uh, goodness, holiness, and. Uh, dedication to the Lord. So I was wondering if you could share with our uh, listeners your your vocation story, how how it started and how is it that and today you're a priest. Wonderful. Yeah, I would definitely absolutely love to share because it's literally it's the story of how like Jesus chose me and reminded me that he loved me. And mm -hmm. it's literally the love story between me and him. Um, and so, yeah, it brings right. me a lot of joy to share. So little bit of background. I grew up here in Chicago, um, grew up with a family. We were, we we're Catholic. 
Um, we prayed before meals. We went to Sunday mass, but that was about the, like the extent of the Catholic identity that I like mm-hmm. experienced that I saw. So I didn't really embrace the faith, embrace what it really meant to be Catholic until I was in college. Um, so I went to the university of Illinois in Champaign, U of I, the big 10 school. Right. And, um, was studying linguistics. Um, so for those who cool. don't know, linguistics is study of like a lot of different languages, um, and everything, basically everything to do with language. My, how many, how many languages, uh, do you, do you know fluently? Let's well, say. fluently, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if I know anything fluently anymore, but at least English, yeah, at least English. Um, <laughs> I studied Italian, French, Arabic was my main language that I studied. Um, mm-hmm. and then, um, several several languages like different seminars and stuff like that um so it was a lot of fun but my freshman year um i lived at the newman center because it's one of the best dorms to live at no matter if you're practicing your faith or not that the newman center has a great dorm so lived there and my freshman year i decided to go on a retreat because of a girl (laughs) Ah, yeah, I know because of the girl I really like. Right, right. And so kind of followed her to the retreat. And it was during that retreat that I experienced honestly, it was probably the first time that I was convicted or I really believed that Jesus was present in the Eucharist. Um mm. there was a moment um in the first night where everyone had the opportunity to go to confession. So it was the first time that I went to confession, man, for I would say it was at least five or six years since I went to confession last. So all of this, um, yeah, garbage in my heart was taken away by Jesus. And then like, as all of that crap was taken away, then Jesus was able to work. He was able to work in my heart by like freeing me from what was weighing me down. Mm Mm-hmm. And immediately after that, um, the priest, the chaplain of the Newman Center, processed in with Jesus in the monstrance. Um, and uh, we had adoration. And yeah, that was the first time probably that I was like, wow, Jesus, if you truly are present, you, if you really are there, like, I need to, I need to change my life. I need to, right. like, I need, I, didn't, I need to change. And so throughout college, um, it was, I, I began to stop living like this double life that I was living the college life, but I was also trying to grow in my faith. But the more and more I was convicted that Jesus was truly present in the Eucharist, the more and more I knew that I had to like give everything to him. And so very, very gentle. And all that was, all was, all that during your freshman year? That was that my experience with Jesus in the Eucharist was freshman year. But then as mm-hmm. I entered into sophomore year and into junior year, it was this wonderful. Yeah, it was this formation where the Lord was revealing to me very, very gently through the sacraments. Um right. that I was I was chosen by him and that if I get rid of living that normal college life, um if I got rid of sin from my life, then I would actually be free. Because I was mm-hmm. living this double life, college student, but also trying to grow in my faith. So, right. yeah, it was amazing how the Lord worked. And I like to say that my vocation really was like centered around the Eucharist, that the source of my vocation right. was the Eucharist. 
which is very sacramentally centered because um, that's how Jesus normally works in our life. It's exactly. through the sacraments, it's confession, it's mass, it's yeah, the Eucharist. So uh, yeah, my vocation was very sacramentally centered. And so throughout the time, probably around sophomore and junior year, I just started feeling this restlessness in my heart that the path that I was going on towards a career and towards what the world would tell me is what I should be doing, the more and more I felt restless that I knew that there is something else that I should be doing. And that's where the openness to the priesthood began, where, you know, I would be at mass and I would be looking at the priest and there would be a lot of, there would be joy or there would be curiosity. Right. I would just be paying attention mm -hmm. to what the priest is doing. If the priest would say something in the homily, I would be like, man, I might've said that differently <laughs> or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, there was just this curiosity at the priest. I can do that too. Right, right. Uh, but there was uh, just a reverence in that, that I was, uh, man, uh, there's something about that, that I was so attracted to, but it was still a mystery. Um, and so the Lord was very, very gradual in wooing my heart. Um, I began talking with priests just about the possibility of priesthood and seminary. And the more and more I started thinking about it, the more and more everything else in my life was restless. Everything else in my life wow. was not satisfying me. Um, very, wow. had a very St. Augustine, you know, my heart will be restless. Right. Well, I was going to say yeah. that, but well, you beat me in. <laughs> <laughs> until arrested you that. Yeah. Even just right. going out and hanging out with friends and eating, there was, it didn't give me as much joy. It still gave me joy, but there was something like, I need, I need the Lord more in my life. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was my senior year that, um, something very significant happened where, um, I was serving a mass out on the quad at University of Illinois. So um, right. we would have what's called mass on the grass where uh -huh. we would celebrate mass out on the quad area. There would be focused missionaries and people explaining to passerbys like what's going on. So explaining right. what the mass is. So I served that mass. At the end of the mass, um, we had leftover Eucharist that we needed to bring back to the chapel, bring back to the tabernacle. And so the priest at the time, Monsignor Gregory Ketchum, um, God rest his soul. He's in heaven now. Um, pray for him, pray for his soul. Of course. Um, he, he took me aside and said, Hey, we need to bring Jesus back. So come with me. And so we walked back to his car. He was holding the Eucharist. He was holding Jesus. And he turned to me and he said words that I still, that it just gives me goosebumps. Um, he said, Tim, will you hold our Lord for me? Wow. And those words just resonated in my heart that the Lord wants me to hold him. Oh my right. gosh. So he handed me Jesus. So simple. Yeah. So simple. so simple and so profound. So profound. So I took the Saboria filled with Jesus. We got into the car. We drove back. We didn't say a lot because the Lord was there with us. But in, right. in my mind, in my heart, that kept repeating, will you hold our Lord for me? Will you hold our Lord for me? And I had this image of, holding Jesus as a priest at mass, holding the host. Right. Um, wow. And it was in those moments where I, I guess I made a fiat. I said yes to the Lord. Like, Lord, I, this, this is what I want to do. I want to hold you. I want to hold you in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my first kind of yes to the priesthood and the openness of going to seminary. Um, while that was going on, um, because I was studying Arabic and linguistics, 
um, the FBI offered me a job. They wanted me wow. to go work for them. Also at the time, I had an amazing girlfriend who was like living her Catholic faith. Um, and so all of this was leading again to that restlessness. Here is what the world is saying. This will make you happy. Amazing girlfriend, job with the FBI where you can save the world <laughs> and fight bad guys. Right. Um, here's everything that the world is saying. This will make you happy. And it wasn't like the, I was, there was an emptiness that I knew would only be filled if I s at least went to seminary and discern the priesthood more. And so mm -hmm. that's why that's how the Lord called me. So he called me, um, in very gentle, subtle ways through the sacraments, just gently, gradually wooing me into real, like helping me to realize that I will not be satisfied until I give everything to him. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. No, two things that I noticed uh, from your story. One of them is that it's it was very uh, normal. Yeah, right? right. Gradual, not something extraordinary. When it, it is extraordinary in many ways, but not so in the sense that you didn't have a like an angel appear right, or right. a light from God. Or one day that was completely turned uh, turned around and so forth, and you were something completely different the other day. Uh, which is normally what happens, right? So exactly. little by little, God calls us to a little step further, almost like uh, uh, St. John Newman, right? So you, he calls us to take one step, and if we take it, then he calls us a little bit more, and then if we do that, then he calls us a bit more, and little by little through, through the Eucharist and the sacraments and the practice of the faith, he leads us to the path that he wants, right? So it was the same with me. and uh, And then the other thing that is true, too, is that, Uh, many times, if not always, uh, the vocation to the priesthood comes by a direct relationship to the Eucharist. Yeah, so right. Jesus present, re substantially present in the Eucharist. I my I remember my my vocation the same thing. I was before the blessed. It wasn't a priest that told me to hold Jesus, but I was before the blessed sacrament when I realized he he wants me to probably he wants me most surely he wants me to be a priest. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so without the relationship with the Eucharist. Uh, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to uh, be clear. Amen. Yeah, the Eucharist is the source. I mean, I guess it's the right. source of all vocations, even even marriage, of single course. life. Yeah, of course. So now, and uh, now you're you're preaching, and the Eucharistic revival. Look at that. Yeah. It, now you're not only holding Jesus <laughs> but sharing Jesus. Amen. And it really has been so hopeful. They're being able to go to different dioceses and different places to to share the Lord. And there's already a fire. There's a desire for the revival. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Bishop Cousins, who's the head of the USCCB, he was saying how um, since the Eucharistic revival started, um, they've done more surveys and pew surveys, and more and more people are being convicted of the true presence of the Eucharist. So it's amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and that that was the goal because it was it was really bad at one point, right? That most, if not, yeah, I think it was like a sixty percent of Catholics believed that Jesus was only symbolically present right. in the Eucharist. Yep. Um, and now with, with uh, I'm glad that with this revival, um, hopefully we all realize we need to we need to make a point here. We need to repeat it a bit more. Right. That Jesus is substantially present, really present with his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and he wants us to love him and he wants us to be with him and, you know, unite himself with us. So that's that's pretty good. Right, it is. Yeah. It's very inspiring. So now, 
now these these days we're still in Advent. We're uh, getting close to the last week of Ad- to the last week of Advent. So I was um, we're getting close to this, the Christmas celebration and the season of Christmas. So I was wondering if you would like to uh, give our listeners some suggestions for these last days of Advent, this uh, novena of Advent, the, the the last days toward Advent uh, toward Christmas, and uh, and the upcoming Christmas celebration and the Christmas season. Right. Yeah, I think especially Advent being such a short season, um, it goes by so quickly. And if we if we aren't like committed, just even every day sitting down with the Lord, it will just pass us by. And that you, you zoom out kind of like in a macrocosm way, and that is that's our life. We can blink and our like we're already old, you know, and our life right, has passed right, us by. Right. And have we really given our ourselves to the Lord every single day? So Advent is an example of just being consistent with the Lord in your relationship, even if it's for 10 minutes a day, um, because those little, those little yeses um, will, it, it can change the world if we are consistent. Um, the one thing that I've been really reflecting on and praying on has been the joyful mysteries of the rosary, which are, right. yeah, very, very Marian, um, very joyful. But the thing that I've been reflecting on is that each of the joyful mysteries of the rosary have suffering in them. That right. Mary Mary wasn't just happy and joyful during during these mysteries. Like there there was right. uh there there could have been fear, there could have been anxiety, there could have been the 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 unknown. Like you look at the Annunciation and it is joyful, it's a beautiful thing. But just imagine what her heart was feeling like. What is Joseph going to think? You know, same with Joseph. And there's what is going to happen after this? There's that unknown, especially as young people. We are always like wondering and worrying about the future and the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the midst of that, it's a joyful mystery because Mary never stopped trusting the Father, and she had this right. relationship with the with God the Father where she was safe. But that didn't mean that there was not suffering. Visitation, same thing. Visitation, Mary is, she's journeying as a pregnant woman, 80 to 100 miles to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So just imagine the physical suffering that she was experiencing. But it's it's a joyful mystery because um, she's with the Lord. It's the first ever Eucharistic procession, if you think about it. Right, right, right. Um, and it's joy in meeting Elizabeth and seeing like the, the promise that God is fulfilling. Same with the nativity and the finding of Jesus in the temple and the presentation. Like these are, I don't know, something about being able to experience joy in the Christian life, even though things are not perfect. So, yeah, and that's... And they are mysteries also of hope, right? Right. So then it's very unique of, of Advent and Christmas, that in them Christ is starting to be a, a present, starting to be with us as a source of salvation, yeah. right? That that our sins can be forgiven in spite of our misery and dejection that many college students sometimes feel, right? right? So uh, I would encourage them also to, to, to be with Christ as a source of mercy Amen. and uh, to be to approach him in the sacrament of confession. Right. Yeah, great. Very good, that's, that's awesome, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Any last thoughts uh, regarding your vocation, anything that you would like to recommend to boys and men and women, college students that are um, maybe perhaps considering uh, or discerning a vocation? Yeah, my first suggestion in, 
is please just spend time like every day with the Lord, even if it is just 10 minutes. Um, I wouldn't say five minutes because five minutes is the amount of time that you give to someone you may not like and you're just enduring them right. for five minutes. So 10 <laughs> minutes, at least 10 minutes with, with Jesus. Right. And if you can in front of the blessed sacrament, because um, just like any relationship, when we actually spend time every day, we grow in love and it expands our hearts. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, second thing is um, just... Yeah, be be close to Mary and Joseph in this time during Advent, um, because their their love, their like this amazing love, is reflected in in the Trinity, like the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the perfect love. Like they're the greatest like, human example of what the Trinity is like. Um, so stay close to them, especially during Advent. Wonderful. Well, so thank you very much, Father, for, for all your time, for your experience, and for sharing this personal story. So um, I, we hope to have you again uh, sometime in the future. I would love that. I love that. And I will be praying for everyone who is, who is listening, and um, I'm going to offer a Mass for everyone who listens to this podcast. So, Thank you. Thank you so much, Father. Of course, Father. And thank you, everyone, for, for joining us today. Uh, this is all for today. So please make sure you you share this episode with your friends. Please also follow us in your preferred platform. And don't forget to leave a review if you can in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. Hope to see you next time. And uh, may God bless your day and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless you, Father. We'll see you God soon. God bless you. Thank you.